Beneath the beauty of our natural world and the mundane order of our lives, there exists a lingering sensation in the darkest corners of our minds. We thirst for more than what we can see, more than what we can prove, and more than what makes us feel safe. We want to believe in the monster behind the glowing red eyes, the assailant behind the labored breathing in the dark, the presence behind the unexplained occurrences. Sometimes we use the idea of more to quell our fears. Sometimes, however, we use the idea of more to encourage them. And left unchecked, compounded by our imagination, it's easy for those fears to fester. I'm Austin Rogers, and I'd like to tell you a story. Imagine for a moment complete stillness. It may be harder than you think. After all, as humans, we're not capable of it. Not while we're alive, anyways. Try as we like, we'll always be moving in some way. To blink, to swallow, to breathe. Even if you hold your breath for a while, it doesn't stop your heart from beating. Pumping blood throughout your body, keeping you alive. Try to picture a cardboard cutout of a person. Not real, not alive completely still. If you look at the picture, you can see eyes, a nose, a smile. You can probably gauge what the subject was feeling, or at least what they were pretending to feel when the photo was taken. But were you to pass by such a thing, you wouldn't think twice about leaving it behind. It's an object, a funny way of immortalizing a celebrity, fictional character, or maybe a beloved pet. But it's replaceable mass-produced, and unoriginal. I suppose humans are too, aren't they? We number in the billions, we're brought into this world in vast and ever-accelerating quantities, and go on to lead remarkably similar lives. Did you awake today, having slept well but not as long as you'd have liked? Did you sniffle and stretch over your morning coffee? Did you navigate a frustrating commute? so did a couple billion other people. But we have reason to take solace. Qualities that help us stand apart from the rest of the world. Maybe your frustrating commute featured in-car karaoke. Maybe your neighbors featured a dramatic podcast. See, you're special. Don't worry. We're certainly different from cardboard cutouts, right? You and I are, perhaps. But on a cold, windy evening in a calm, quiet neighborhood, Tom walked into his plain, suburban living room to find his father, also Tom, looking out of the sliding glass door into their backyard. He stood completely, entirely, impossibly still. To Tom Jr., the realization took a few minutes to really wash over him. After all, his father was so still that he barely looked real. It was as if some artist in the sky had painted a picture of his father right there in their living room, in 3D. Full, figured, but make-believe. The failing light in the backyard 
was just enough to block out any reflection as far as Tom could tell. Now when your brain isn't sure how to process the information it's receiving, when the things you're seeing don't match up with the ways you think the world works, you'd be surprised at how quickly your confusion can turn to fear. Such was the case with Tom Jr. You'd almost think it'd be easy to just clear your throat and call out. You'd think that. But for Tom Jr., that simply wasn't happening. Instead, he stood, frozen in place, unintentionally doing a poor imitation of his father's inexplicable ailment. After a few minutes, Tom's better senses took hold. He thought to himself, there is an explanation, something simple, something that makes sense. But his words were cast in a shadow of doubt. It all came back to that simple imbalance between what he was looking at with his own two eyes and what made sense. The two simply didn't add up. But Tom wasn't about to play the coward's role. He was 16, a boy to the rest of the world, but a man, a hero even, in the stories he told in his head. Now he faced a chance to let a few drops of that heroic Tom Jr. come through. Now he thought to himself, whether it's something simple or something scary, it's your dad. You need to know. You need to help. He clenched his fists, took in a deep breath, and held. His inner monologue was pining for a release of words. Say something, he thought. Just open your mouth and say something. For what seemed like an eternity, he did nothing of the sort. He stood with his fists clenched, his chest puffed, and his cheeks turning purple from holding his breath. Until finally, almost as if it were accidental, he released his breath and bellowed out, Dad? For all of the anticipation, the payoff was lackluster. Non-existent, more like. His father's response was absolutely nothing. Not a sound, not a movement, not a single indication that he had heard his son. Not a single indication that he could hear anything at all. Luckily, Tom Jr. had gotten past the point of being frozen in place. So he stepped forward, slowly, cautiously. He kept that other Tom Jr., the hero of his mind, close in tow. The silence in the room now seemed louder than ever. The lack of noise from his father seemed to amplify the noise of everything else. Every tick of the living room clock was like a hammer smashing an anvil. Every step Tom Jr. took was like a roll of thunder. Every breath he let out was like a gust of wind. As he grew closer to his father, the noises that should have been so quiet grew louder. With every step, it seemed like the volume of his world was being dialed up further and further. He was within arm's reach now, and for a brief moment, he lifted his arm to tap his father on the shoulder. He may have had the hero Tom Jr. with him, but he wasn't running the show just yet, so Tom lowered his hand. As he stepped beside his father and made his way around him, the ambient noise had grown so loud, Tom Jr. could barely think. His eyes squinted the way they would when he'd put a ceramic plate back into the cupboard with a little less care and patience than he should. But as he made his way to his father's front, and as his father's face came into view, all of that noise stopped.
Tom Jr. didn't quite know what fear was when he stood across the room from his father just minutes before. Now, as he stared into his father's face, he felt the kind of fear most people never have to experience. Tom Sr. was frozen in an inhuman expression. His eyes were so wide it was as if there was some invisible instrument pulling them apart. They were so white you'd have thought that some artist in the sky had ran over them with a fresh coat of paint. His mouth stretched back into a gangly smile. It stretched so far and so taut that his pink gums were fully in view. Tom Jr. could see every one of his father's teeth, and through an inch or two of separation could see all the way into the back of his throat. It was as if some unseen hand had grabbed hold of the skin on the back of Tom Sr.'s head and pulled, and it pulled hard. It was then that Tom Jr. saw it. Movement. Not in his father. That would have been comforting, not terrifying. No, the movement was a reflection in his father's impossibly white eyes. And in an instant, Tom Jr. was frozen again. Suddenly his mind was flooded with questions and with possibilities. What could it be? Could the cause of his father's condition be a something? More importantly, could that something be lingering in their backyard? That formerly failing light was now all but gone, so whatever produced the reflection would have to be close to the glass. Tom Jr.'s eyes were watering. He was afraid, trembling. He hoped to focus on his father's eyes enough to see a clearer image of what was behind him, but his tears blurred the vision. So he stood, too afraid to close his eyes and wipe his tears. What finally shook Tom into action was a noise. A noise that came from the place he'd hoped no noise would come, the other side of the glass. The noise came in the form of a single, heavy thud. Tom didn't turn around, not just yet, but he was shocked, and so he jumped in place. Quickly, he lifted the bottom of his shirt and cleared his eyes. With a series of sharp, accelerating breaths, Tom Jr. mustered up the courage to turn. When he did, Tom wasn't greeted by a monster, or a spirit, or some kind of otherworldly force. Instead, on the glass, there was a handprint, in red, in blood. Whatever left the handprint had made the thud, that was obvious. And at the base of the print was a trail, as if the perpetrating hand had slid down the glass. Tom Jr.'s eyes followed the trail down the glass. Slowly, cautiously, ever aware of his father's still unexplained state behind him. When his eyes finally reached the bottom, and his heavy breathing hit a breaking point just shy of hyperventilating, he saw the source of the hand. There, lying in a heap on the ground just outside the sliding glass doors, was a body. Tattered, bloodied, mutilated, but not quite dead. Tom Jr. watched the person's chest move up and down, up and down, slower and slower. With a final movement and a final breath, the person turned their head towards Tom. At first, Tom Jr. heard a low, faint whimper. Then the whimper became a moan. Then the moan became a scream. And finally, 
Tom was aware that the scream was coming from him. For the person, dead just beyond his reach on the other side of the glass, was his father. The dead body of Tom Sr. lie on the ground, mangled and torn with dead, bloodshot eyes staring up at his son. When his scream abided and as his tears fell, Tom turned slowly back to what he could only understand as his other father. And when he did, when he turned to see that impossibly still thing, it was still impossibly still, but it seems that while Tom's attention had wavered, it had moved. To Tom's horror, the stretched, inhuman face of the thing he once thought was his father, the face that stared forward through the glass so stoically, had turned and was looking right at him. In that instant, it was no longer his father. It never was. The skin now looked more like rubber than flesh, the eyes more like glass, but as Tom watched, frozen in a dumbfound fear, the creature's stretched features began to release. The movement wasn't natural. It was as if a stop-motion video was playing in front of Tom's eyes. Each movement was a sudden shift in states. They occurred so instantly, so sharply, that Tom jumped with each step. Each step brought the creature closer to looking like a plastic replica of Tom Sr. Until finally, with a final change in state, the creature, which previously existed in a state somewhere outside of reality, seemed to come alive in an instant. More than that, the creature no longer looked any different from the late Tom Sr. The stillness was gone, the inhuman features subsided, and all that remained was the familiar and gentle smile of Tom Sr. Tom Jr. stared, mouth gaping, eyes wide, heart racing. As he did, in frozen silence, the look on the creature's face turned to worry, and, to Tom's surprise and shock, it spoke. What's the matter, buddy? It said. You feeling okay? The nonchalance, the mundanity of the statement, Tom Jr. had no thoughts left in his mind. Nothing but intangible flashes of fear, confusion, sadness, and disbelief. Tom turned to look at his father's corpse again, but to his shock, to further the nonsense surrounding him, it was gone. In fact, every trace of it had disappeared. The handprint, the smears of blood, everything. Tom's focus snapped back to the creature and he mustered the will to speak. Where's my dad? He blurted. What did you do? The creature lifted his arms and gently held Tom Jr. by the shoulders. Whoa, whoa, pal. I'm right here, it said. What's going on? Tom couldn't help it. The comfort of his father's voice, the security of his hands supporting him, Tom felt relaxed for a moment. But quickly he shoved the creature's hands away. Get off me, he cried. Tell me where my father is. The creature seemed so worried, so hurt. He reached out again for a moment, hesitated, and held his hands up in peaceful acceptance. It's okay, Tom, it said. Whatever's happening, it's okay. I'm right here. I'm your father. I'm not going anywhere. Tom's eyes were filled with tears now. He shot his head back to the ground, 
where his father's corpse once sat. He stared so sure of what he had seen, but when he turned back and saw the concerned and loving face of his father staring right at him, suddenly he wasn't so sure. Suddenly he didn't want to be sure. After all, if what Tom thought he'd seen was true, his father would be dead. But if he'd imagined it, if something had gone wrong in Tom's mind, then maybe his father was alive and he just needed help. The creature, or Tom's father, depending on what Tom believed one moment to the next, stood patiently as Tom was clearly having an argument inside his head. Finally, in an instant, Tom decided he didn't want his father to be dead. He didn't want to believe that some otherworldly creature had tore his father to shreds and replaced him. He didn't want to accept what that would mean for his life. With a sniffle, and his chin dropped to his chest in acceptance, or maybe in defeat, Tom glanced up at his father for an instant and said, Dad, I think I need help. Something's wrong. Without hesitation, the creature pulled Tom in close. He held him in a loving embrace and quietly shushed his son's fears. Hey, hey now, it's okay, Tom. No matter what, I've got you. You're okay. Tom hesitated for a moment before leaning hard into his father's hug, wrapping his arms around him and squeezing, and letting his tears bellow forward, unfettered. Tom allowed himself to believe that it was all in his head. A dream, a hallucination, it didn't matter. It wasn't real. And when Tom turned his head so his ear rested on his father's chest, and when, from inside his father's body, he heard the slithers and pops of what must have been millions of insects, he did the only thing his mind would allow. He ignored it. I'm Austin Rogers, the writer and producer of Fester. Backing tracks and music are by Alex Mason via freemusicarchive.org. Except for the intro music, that's yours truly. If you like the show, feel free to share on social media or subscribe via Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to contact me, feel free to drop a line at festerpodcast at mail, justmail.com. And until next time, I hope your dreams are a lot happier than the story I just told you. <laughs>